Welcome to the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that panel members are expressing their own views and opinions, which should not be construed as advice. The audience must carry out their own research and consult an appointed professional for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Development Book Club. Uh, today we're going to be talking about design review panels and given the previous conversations we've had on this topic, I think it's going to be very lively. Um, so my name is <laughs> Yemi Aladrin. I am an architect, development manager, all-round table shaker, and I'm going to hand over to um, the esteemed panel starting with you, Ayo. Hi, Ayo Ajayi, uh, I'm a Chartered Quantity Surveyor, um, currently Regional Director at Chorus Group. Hi, I'm Hannah Afolabi, I'm a Development Director uh, by background. Hi, I'm, I'm Lee Kalra, I'm, I'm an Architect and an Urban Designer, Associate at BeFirst and on several design review panels. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adewale and I'm a Senior Development Manager and Chartered Planning and Development Surveyor. I'm Director at A-Link and I'm also sponsoring this podcast so I look forward to having this discussion. Hi there, I'm Hugh McEwen, I'm an architect and I sit on a couple of design review panels. Brilliant, actually let's get hands. How many people do sit on design review panels? Okay, so about half, half the panel. All the architects. Yeah, all the architects, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So, Amandine, oh, oh. <laughs> for some context, we'll yeah. start us off. Um, what are design review panels? So, uh, design review panels are composed of an independent group of design experts um, in different fields. So, this would include architects, urban designers, heritage specialists, sustainability, landscape architects. And, and they usually pull together depending on the type of project. And this group provides design advice and critique to the local planning authority and it usually has quite substantial weight in the decision-making process when it comes to planning. It it also has significant weighting when, for example, schemes are pulled up for appeals or any judiciary reviews. The the weighting of what's said has has significant um, weighting in those discussions. Okay, brilliant. Right, just thinking about how to start these conversations and not uh, start immediately with critique, but but let's go there. So one of the um, criticisms of design review panels are in their makeup and the fact that they seem to have, the people tend to have very similar views on design and maybe they're overly composed of architects of a certain demographic um, and also that this has the potential to create cookie-like um, cookie cutter types of architecture ac- across the um, city. Um, there's also typically been a lack of diversity and representation across um, the board. Um, and we all know why this is important because over representation of single demographics are uh, kind of not right when we're discussing making really important decisions that will affect a wide variety of people. So how can we encourage a difference in um, architecture approach and how can we make sure that um, design critique is not only by a a very limited demographic of people and that we have wide range of professionals and maybe residents. Hannah, I'm going to start with you because I know you have very strong (laughs) opinions on this. Yeah, so I think actually what you're saying in terms of like the, the makeup of a design review panel is probably why I take the, the, the biggest concern with like you know, the amount of weight a design review panel has um, on an application or whether or not it's even going to be 
um, reviewed by your planning officer is huge. Mm-hmm. And the people sitting around the table aren't aren't um, aren't elected, aren't residents typically of the mm-hmm. borough or the local local area, aren't a mix of of ages, sexes, um, religious orientation. Like you're typically talking about an established typically white male or white female in some instances architect who's been doing this for several decades <laughs> or uh, several uh, for, for many years and probably doesn't live in London and they're giving opinions on a high density scheme that everyone every type of human being is going to experience mm. why does it have like firstly you know, we do need to scrutinise design. I think it's very important that it's it's um, that that buildings um, fit in with the context that that they're, they're being designed into. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the people who are critiquing it should all come from the same background mm-hmm. because there's no diversity of thought in it. Mm-hmm. There's no challenging. There's no real innovation, and this is where you know, especially with the design review uh, panels, where innovation either comes to die which typically it does come to die <laughs> or no it does Ouch. because because you like what happens is that people want a specific they have a specific taste mm. and so you come with something that's like off piece a little bit say oh yeah we're trying to think of doing this new thing and they're like but it's not tested why are you doing it doesn't look great it doesn't fit in with our norms of the last few decades and so you typically don't progress when you're doing something that's a little bit outlandish, let alone widely different. Okay. And so, or, um, yeah, and so you just go through, you, you end up through this like process knowing what you effectively kind of, and, and I, I think actually I feel more for architects who've designed something that they want to be super aspirational and have to kind of like fit into a, a shoebox of, the design review panel in that local authority. Okay, so I'm going to come to Hugh next. Is that yeah. your experience? Yeah, and I think I think you know to pick up on kind of why you know it, it, I think it feels as though um, they design review panels panels place a lot of weight on experience, but it's a very particular type of experience. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's an it's a it's a type of experience that it seems as though majority older white men seem to have. The, the experience that they, they, they're kind of looking to recruit. And that's really problematic because that's not the only type of experience that's valuable. And that there's so much more value in having, you know, local, young, diverse experiences of what that space and place is like mm. to actually inform the new, you know, the new developments in that location. And I think that that kind of rebalancing is, is um, it's not really happening often, and I think that it's to do with the, the you know, the kind of putting together of those panels, how they're formed, mm-hmm. who's forming them, mm-hmm. and I think kind of questions need to be asked over over those kind of, you know, how, how these things are being put together, because it does, like you say, kind of bring huge, you know, huge impact on the schemes, and I, I think that, you know, if there were, if, um, if, if, you know, the, if people were directly approached, if there were, yeah. were other ways of kind of starting to, you know, um, push forward the idea of kind of different forms of experience, then I think that could be really, really successful. And I think there's still uh, a way to go, but the design review panels that I sit on, I can see that there's quite a lot of um, progress has been made in ensuring that the um, diversity of professionals 
on board so we're not it's not just architects talking to architects and i think that was one of the big criticisms of uh, design review panels um of um not not too dist of not too distant past actually ayo have you ever been involved in a design review panel do you think qs's need to be part of the process when we talk about broadening out the kind of professionals on, on a design review panel i'm i'm, I'm in two minds uh um, about that question. So, uh, have I been involved not directly, so not okay. sat on a panel? Mm -hmm. I'm involved um, usually because before it goes to the design panel, you know, I've, I've, I've had in, um, input into into design um, via via obviously the costumes and working with the design team, and then obviously if there's changes or if there's mm -hmm. feedback that 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 gets um, um, brought up. I'm also involved in working with the design team, so so I do feel I, again it, it is a design review panel. So I do feel you know we, we need we need the creatives, we need you know everyone that that the current makeup. Yes, it needs to be diverse. Um, I, I don't think we need to be directly involved in panels. Although okay. I, I can see, I can see, I can see the benefit. Um, like I say, any good QS would normally have been consulted um, on the design before it was presented. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a recommendation that I'd, I'd always give. Okay, so ne next question. Do we actually really need design review panels? Amandeep? Um, I would say yes at the moment. Um, I agree fully with Hannah about the makeup, um, what's the makeup been like and how that influences design. I also agree within the last two years I'd see is where the mm. significant changes of course, a lot of significant changes have happened since the Black Lives Matter movement, but I would say particularly in the last two years, yeah. I've suddenly started getting interviews to go on them. Prior to that, it was just straight nose, 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 nose. Mm. And actually, in going in these spaces, I've seen actually, well, in quite a few of them, I am the only um, minority ethnic in that group. But some of the other ones, actually, I've got majority mm. um, kind of people of colour makeup in the entire board, and that's been like, whoa, that's not a thing. <laughs> and it's like, amazing. Okay, so for me, in terms of need, yes, um, there is a big lack of, skills and expertise in underfunded local authorities right now and they really really look to that expertise um, externally through this independent panel to plug that gap um, and give them the reassurance that what they are getting in return is a really quality design yeah. product. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, are they working in the best way? I think there are different, like, they could be working better, they could be working in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like for me even with local authorities that have the expertise, like we, we in uh, Barking and Dagenham, we do have a lot of design expertise, mm. both sustainability, landscape, urban design in-house. Yeah. We use that, but there is something about the gravitas a DRP brings mm -hmm. that local authorities still want because it gives them clout to be able yeah. to steer things in a direction, which I think taking that out and just bringing purely expertise in-house, that is still important, yeah. and I think you shouldn't not do that. Mm. But there is something in the independent nature of somebody that is really valuable and beneficial, I think. Brilliant. Okay, and we'll explore that a little bit further. Adewale, what are your ex experiences of design review panels, and would you say that they, they are required? Yeah, I think I can, I can appreciate that. Um, so when I, was in, when I was in Brent Council, we had a design officer, mm -hmm. and he was someone that I believe, he, he, he tried to safeguard the design and consider everything. So for instance, the development that we were looking at was close to a listed building. Mm. So he was getting the feedback from the heritage officer and then he was then trying to safeguard 
that listed building against the proposal. That whole process was respected and I have no issues with that. But, but, <laughs> the but was because of personalities between the architects, yeah? So I'm talking the architect I worked with versus the design officer. I observed that um, there were some difficulties simply because the architect I was working with, he may have said stuff um, that may have annoyed. So you know, for instance, oh, what year did you go to architecture school? <laughs> oh, you know, like little things like that. Like, but I'm saying that, and then that, that goes back to the planning discussion we had around personalities. Yeah. So if you've got someone that has got, I'm, I'm going to put it out there, I believe architects, not all, but it is widely accepted that they have inflated egos. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you, you say, mean? What do you say about the three on yeah. you? Yeah. 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 No, no, definitely not. He's the humblest and calmest guy yeah. I've ever met. You're down to earth and you're down to yeah. earth. But generally speaking, architects have got... Which I said, not to Generally speaking, you have inflated egos, and because mm. um, you have to remember, you know, the same way we talk, we talked about it in our other developments. Yeah. We are very personal about our developments exactly. that we manage. Yeah. Yeah. An sure. architect is basically birthing something from their head exactly. into the drawings, mm. and then presenting it and getting mm. feedback from a peer. Mm. Yeah, as well. that would just infuriate. Yeah, yeah. we well, have to remember that the people who are presenting at the design review panel are architects, oh, yeah. and it's the panel of architects <laughs> who are telling them that their work is it's not good. I mean, yeah. Through your training, you get used to the yeah. criticism, Crit yeah. right? You do crits your whole, all the yeah. time. But after you've like, you're both you're both probably on the same level, right? You've mm -hmm. both won the same. Or level. one maybe or isn't. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, I mean, or yeah. one maybe isn't. But like the person who isn't, in some instances, is a person critiquing <laughs> your work. Exactly. And so I, this is why I say I feel for architects who have to present at these things where they're trying to do something slightly different mm. as well, trying to push the boundaries. And the panel that they're presenting to is just not not feeling it. But I, I I've had really good ex from being a uh, younger architect presenting yeah. to an all white all male uh, group. Before, I've actually had some good experiences where I've I've, I've had some really strong ideas and maybe the and you you will then say this is not great. Is it? <laughs> maybe the client hadn't fully um, come on board, mm -hmm. but the design review panel was like really positive in their feedback. And then like actually got the client on board as well. Yeah. Not in a kind of, oh, well, they've said it now. They're like, actually, I'm, I'm seeing the sense in this. Mm. And that, my experience was very, it wasn't a critique. It was like, there was some good really review points, but it was all quite, and then that meant the planning officer, the client, everybody left going, mm. right, we're in a good stage now mm. to press the button on, on planning. And then that was my part. I don't know, Hugh, when you presented, if you have um, presented what your experience has been like, but that made me go, actually, I want to be on those panels because I can see the difference they make. Okay, I, I know you were going to say something like that, but I, I, so I agree, I, design review mm. panels are needed. Yeah. We do need to criticise and, and critique and stress mm. test design. However, this is, I think, the best opportunity for public engagement. Mm. This is literally how you engage someone in what the area is going to look like. Mm. And what we've done is put a, a bunch of professional architects on that panel dictating what the world is going to look like so we're again removing people from that process okay. why is it that is people who actually live there mm -hmm. like you know well, i'm setting up a resident review panel 
Oh, uh, okay. A paid resident review panel. Yeah, but they should be sat alongside the architects who are critiquing the design. There shouldn't be another panel. It should be everyone well, in the room. Th there is expertise that sometimes apply. For example, sustainability. There's now mm. on my panels that yeah. I want. There's always sustainability yeah, expertise. Because at the moment you get a lot of greenwashing in schemes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have a sustainability expert that's like, tell me the energy demand heating yeah. that you're designing to, and people will like, oh, I, I don't know, I haven't figured that out yet, or but, we don't uh, care you know, about you that. Know what the issue is and this is my personal opinion design review panels are generally instigated at a point where design can't turn back too far mm. yeah so we're talking two to between two and three yeah. where your design is fixed you're ready to literally go it's just a formality that you're going through my concern is that the the recommendations that design review panels can make yeah have the potential to not stop development but to delay it delay, yeah. and, and it does and it, it does, does. Yeah. and then the other thing is it's around um cost considerations yeah yeah so as an example just because something looks well because you know there's this whole question i think we spoke about it function versus um form, form. Yeah. yeah i think that um in my opinion design review panels focus a lot on form as opposed to function yeah and that, that, that issue, in my opinion, it just creates a host of problems for developers knowing how to manage that design review. Because um, my view is this, yeah? A design review panel person or a person that's a member of a design review panel has to have an appreciation for a few things. Yeah. One of those things is costs. Yeah. Yeah? One, yeah. Of the two, one of the things is just appreciating where we are in design. Um, I was in the design review panel and someone said, it's not my job to think about costs. So I'm just going to tell okay, you what I think. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that was a bit harsh and I totally understand his perspective because he has got a remit. Yeah. However, I think that what will give, what people would appreciate from design review panels, and Hannah, you may or may not agree, is if we know that they appreciate things yeah. from various different perspectives, yeah. not only a design yeah. perspective. And that's, that's what I have to add. Mm -hmm. I agree. And that's why it is really, really important that you have the right mix of skills and professions at the table. So I often find now that, you know, having spent three plus years kind of client side, I'm the only one when I am in design review panels that is pushing on mix. I want to see oh, the mix yeah. of what you're ten years as well. Exactly, Where ten are they years located? and uh, resident engagement and ensuring that it's not a tick box exercise. How have the residents informed the designs that you've got? And we also do talk about yeah. costs now. And I know maybe the panels that I sit on maybe they're few and far between. And I think we need to get to the point um, where we are actually. Um, one of um, the panels I, well, actually two of the panels I'm on as well, we all had training on sustainability. So yeah, that all... Yeah, let you plan yeah. training. I'm going to so throw a little mini, a mini grenade, yeah? So just before you, uh, on the cost point, Yeah. again, on a recent panel, I, I was one of the few, but I said, what contract is this likely to go under? And somebody said DMB, and they were designing these really fancy deck access, pulled out, and I'm like, every project that I've ever been involved in that's tried to do that, and it's been DMB contract, it's always been taken out. So I've said in, t in, in order to be your design to be robust and for you to protect quality, I want you to ensure that actually what you do design will not get value engineered. So I, I have, I think some people do, like me and Yami probably bring that angle yeah. because of the organizations we work yeah. in. Yeah. But not, but, but not everyone. That's an exception to yeah. the rule, I'd say, yeah. not a. So the mini grenade I wanted to just throw in there, yeah, okay, go on. is why will, like, a, you know, a design review panel? Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
and Yemi, I know you're the one answering questions, but maybe you go can on. answer this. Go on, go on. Why should a design review panel, yeah, have so much power, yeah, over? So we've done all this work, and they've got the power to just not effectively blow up your your scheme. Mm. We're just reviewing it over 24 hours. Why should someone have that much power when, in reality, you're going to have the council officers that are going to review it in detail, yeah? Mm -hmm. They're going to have all of the relevant council departments for the yeah. statutory consultee process. Why does a design review panel hold on to that much power? But can I add to the question before you reply? Yeah. Because I, I agree, I don't, like, the fact that they have more power than public consultation is my, is my concern. Like, why is it that a bunch of, like, and... Yes, you guys are professionals, you guys know what you're talking about, I completely accept it, but, and again, there's a mini grenade. Architects only know how to design from their perspective, right? If you've lived in, out of town, I don't know, in a small town, Shropshire. in a structure, for instance, <laughs> in a nice house your whole life, how do you know what it feels like to live in an apartment block, an apartment complex? How would you know? Like, I've had questions on the review panels where they ask me, so how does a postman go to the to, to, to put the post in someone's... I'm like, I mean, in every development scheme... In London. In London, well, anywhere. anywhere you know, the postman knows he is going to go to that door and put it in that letterbox because there are a bunch of letterbox in the lobby area. At a design review panel that's been asked of me, for yeah. an architect, you do not know how what it is like to live in an apartment yeah. complex. Mm -hmm. Why are you being the person? Why do you have that much power to say whether or not this is actually a good design? And this mm -hmm. is where I go back to the point about it has to include local people, yeah. people who actually experience the area. We talk mm -hmm. about public consultation. Oh, it's the developer's responsibility mm -hmm. to go out and speak to people, get them engaged, do all of that. Where's the architect's responsibility? Mm -hmm. Where no, is the design review that. panel's responsibility to engage with that. the people who live there to find out if they actually want this building? Mm. Yeah. If they want it to be designed in the exact same way, yeah. it is designed across the road. Yeah. Where is that engagement? There, there does need to be, I think definitely there needs to be more of that. And actually your question tied into, into another one that I would like to throw um, over to Hugh and Amandeep. So it has been um, reported that about 75% of planning authorities have no access to architectural advice and 40% have no access to in-house urban design advice. Um, those were kind of the latest figures I could um, find. Um, so should we, given um, Ade Wally's question, and I'm talking the three of us here out of a role that I know we all kind of really enjoy, but should we be empowering our planning team so that they're better skilled in the world of design so we don't need DRPs or so they don't have as much power, which is what uh, <laughs> our two colleagues here are, are alluding to? I think I think definitely it could be, uh, it would be amazing to see local authorities have that in-house ability and then actually the power that we're seeing rest with design review panels be transferred more to resident focus mm. panels because I think, you know, there, there are other panels within planning, um, you know, uh, at the planning stage that do hold as much weight. If you imagine like a, a conservation area mm -hmm, yeah. um, group, mm -hmm. they would have significant weight on a, on a planning mm. uh, application. But, but, and that's almost uniquely composed of residents yeah. of that conservation area. So you can see how those powers could be transferred and could be, you know, supported with, with, uh, with, with a group of people who are local. Um, but then on the other side, making sure that that, that that quality that is being kind of aimed for uh, 
could then be brought more into local authority, you know, hands. Because I think, yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, case officers are from a, a variety of different backgrounds. Um, yeah. They do receive, you know, training, but that has also got to be ongoing and continually changing. Yeah. And you do sort of see, um, you know, more schemes. There's there's things like Urban Design London and and, and public practice uniquely kind of, you know, parachuting mm. people into into local authorities to start to kind of, you know, uh, bring design uh, sort of to, to the agenda. Mm. Um, but whether it can be wide and quick enough, you know, that's why design review panels were set up. Yeah. They were set up because that was happening, mm. because there wasn't that oversight. And, um, you know, yes, maybe they then ended up with a slightly unintended consequence, you know, that they're then mm. much more about a levelling off of quality and a, yeah. an evening out of, of, of design than actually championing you know difference and, and, and kind of you know the possibility of doing something that's unique mm -hmm. um, and and that's that might be an unintended consequence yeah. but I think I think then to then you know as an, an antidote to that to bring more of that quality in you know that that kind of um, ability to assess quality into local authorities at the planning stage so that could have benefits which yeah. we're talking about Okay, so before we kind of round up, and this is the kind of final grenade, but links to a lot of what we're talking about, is that actually our uh, design review panels, just another tick box exercise, and a planning hurdle to jump through, do they really um, have the power to bring about the change we've all been talking about? Some believe that DRPs are super, super powerful, or, and this is something that I've heard and witnessed myself, at the end of the day, as, a lo as local authorities, if there are housing targets to meet and a proposal is not where we would want it to be, but we've got targets to meet and the design review panel says that they're unhappy with it, are we saying that that proposal is not going to go through? I've seen situations where design review panel have said what they had to say, mm -hmm. but their housing targets that needed to be met, therefore those projects have gone through um, irrespective. So yes or no, are kind of design review panels as powerful as we say they are, and are they tick box exercises ultimately? Let's start with you, Hugh. Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, I think they I think they are powerful. I think they can be really useful. Um, and I think yes, I think we particularly see that in London potentially. Um, and in, in other locations maybe they're, they're, you know it's more in the mix. Um, but I think as we've discussed, they also need to be kind of transformed, you know. That power could be, you know, used in a in quite a different way. So yeah. And I would say it depends on the location. And the reason I say that is um I've I've heard of uh, I was recently involved in the design review panel and I liked the way that the, the chair, he basically said, this is my view, we are now going to give that to the planning officer and it's up to the planning officer to make a decision. So that hierarchy, knowing that the planning officer is effectively the one responsible mm -hmm. for that feedback, yeah. the planning officer has the power to say, you know what, I agree or disagree, yeah. or they would say, I'm indifferent, so mm -hmm. you can still submit your application. So I feel that... Um, they are powerful and they are influential, but on the flip side, we always have to remember that they are providing a service yeah. to a planning officer, mm -hmm. and the planning officer is the one that has to make a decision yeah. based on the information presented. Um, but in most cases, most um, planning officers are going to listen to the mm -hmm. design review panels and because they're not design experts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I think it depends on the location. So some of the ones I've worked at, it has been arbitrary. We are listening mm-hmm. to what the review panel. I've had other instances, um, as you mentioned, areas that are not meeting the housing targets yeah. for whatever reason. Some people can weigh the ballots and say, mm. you know what, I will take part of what they're saying, yeah. but we we are going to agree mostly with what the developer is mm. saying. Yeah. So yeah, I think that there is some flexibility in that. So I think it depends on the location mm-hmm. in short. Brilliant. Yeah. I think yes, they're powerful. But do they need reform? I would also say yes. What needs to be done to um, improve the makeup? To for me, the biggest thing that would be that needs to be done to improve them is is un- making sure that taste is removed from the advice that's given. Okay. It needs to be subjective. It needs mm-hmm. to be about quality, but not coming from I don't like that style. Mm-hmm. The style should not be a conversation um, that should be because that is subjective, mm-hmm. and then that is then. Well, further perpetuated by the makeup of a group okay. who might create those cookie cutter pieces of advice. Brilliant, let's give the last word you, to you two before I do a quick summary. Oh, if, if design review panels are needed? Or? Yeah, are they as powerful? powerful as oh, powerful, sorry. Are. Yeah, so yeah, design review panels, um, for me, in my experience, have a lot of power, have a lot mm. of weight. And actually, I don't think it's a terrible thing. I just think, like Amandeep has said, and 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 um, Human Adewale has said so far, it just needs to change. Like mm. the way in which they they're using the power is not is not is not um, is not utilizing the best out of our housing stock or out out of the process. There's so much more that can come from mm. this. There's so much innovation that could be driven from this. But there's also the opportunity to educate people, as in residents, about design and about what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And we should really be trying to take that opportunity to do it through this. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I think there's there's a responsibility for design review panel members as well. And like you said, it's changing in in the last couple of years to ensure that it is a diverse group of thought. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there are people who are in, in meetings and there's no, there's no tension around what is being proposed to them. Wouldn't you, you stop and question, like, why, like, don't we need a little bit, something different in here to make sure that we're continuing? You're tuned into the Property Development Book Club. Thank you for watching it. If you can like, share, subscribe, a lake. Like, share, and describe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adewale Ademalake, founder at A Lake, which specialises in property development and development management. We are sponsoring the first season of the Property Development Book Club podcast, which will be out on all platforms soon. Uh, yes, um, I, I think that design panels have a lot of power. Um, you know, it's such an integral part of the planning process, uh, and you know. The, the sentiment from the general team, <laughs> all the teams I've been involved in is, you know, if the, the design review panel goes well, then, you know, you, you know you're halfway there to, to achieving the overall plan. So, um, yes, but um, as everyone said, needs reform needs to be shaken up. Brilliant. Thanks. I really appreciate that. So I think that's all we have time for. Um, an insightful discussion, as always. So to quickly summarise, uh, we believe that design review panels have a role to play in advising and empowering the decision makers on how to improve quality and meet the needs of their communities. Um, they support decision makers in resisting poorly designed uh, schemes. Um, despite our best intentions, there isn't a designer or architect out there who wouldn't benefit from a little review um, mm-hmm. now and again and seeing things from a different perspective 
perspective, which is something you touched on um, a lot. And we all need to make sure that we're getting a wide range of professionals and lived experience on, on panels. Um, so it's not just an architect on architect situation. Yeah. Um, and um, critically, the effects of poorly designed places are so far reaching that without doubt in I think all our minds we're agreed that design view panels are crucial mm -hmm. um, so thank you all for uh, tuning in and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode um, of conversations from the property development book club thanks for tuning in <laughs> <laughs>